You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Dancing Man, a fabulous invalid podcast featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and creative team of Bob Fosse's Dancing on Broadway. I'm Rob Russo. I'm Jamie Dumont. And we're your hosts. We're also excited to be co-producers of Dancing on Broadway and thrilled to be back in the Roosevelt Cocktail Room at Civilian for another conversation. Yes, and this week is a very special week. This is a conversation. I mean, this is the one we've been waiting for. Well, you actually <laughs> said yesterday we've been prepping our whole lives for this interview. I mean, truly. So as you know, if you've clicked onto this episode, we are speaking with director and musical stager Wayne Salento. A legend in this industry, Wayne made his Broadway debut in 1973 in Irene. He was a member of the the original company of Seesaw before creating the iconic role of Mike in A Chorus Line. He left that show to join Liza Minnelli in the act before Bob Fosse cast him in the original production of Dancing in 1978, for which he received his first of seven Tony Award nominations. He could have just retired right then. I mean, that's a there. career. That is a career. Right? Well, he didn't. In the 1980s, Wayne pivoted to choreography, but he performed one last time on Broadway in Bob Fosse's Big Deal in 1986. He won a Tony Award for his choreography of The Who's Tommy in 1993, and he provided choreography for such shows as the landmark 1995 Broadway revival of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Aida, Wicked, and the 2005 revival of Sweet Charity, among many others. As a member of the original cast of Danson and a celebrated choreographer and director in his own right, when it came time to bring Danson back to Broadway, Wayne was perhaps the only person who could do it. Absolutely. Boy, when you read those credits, that's an astounding career. And I left some stuff out. I mean, we, you could go on and on about Wayne's Wayne's remarkable career. Well, why don't we go on and on about Wayne Salento with Wayne Salento? Let's do it. Here's our conversation. Wayne, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> I know it's a little early to be so energetic. A um, <laughs> speaking of early mornings, you've just come from uh, Good Morning America. Uh, yes. The cast performed this morning. Good Morning America today. The show opened a week ago. How are you feeling this morning? I can't believe you just said that. A week ago? Yeah. I feel like it's been a month. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a whirlwind. I mean, it's been so exciting. Yeah. And then... Uh, you know, this morning was a challenge to try to get that number out on a little stage, but we managed to pull it together and I was really pleased. Did you have to rehearse 
everyone in a smaller rehear in a smaller space. Yeah, to, we to- mocked it out. We blocked it out on the, our stage in the theater, and we put the columns at where they were, and we kind of like mirrored where the tables would be, and we did all of the transitions and try to work it out. So it wouldn't it. All we really needed to do was just get on the stage this morning and just kind of remind us of what we did. Yeah. So it was definitely a shorthand and perfect. That's ironic us. because Sing 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 is like the most expansive, explosive uh, number uh, of the whole uh, show. I know, so and so they're to... doing it on a table, this yeah. boy, you know, on a stage this big, so they can't like fly. Yeah. But it came off really well. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really pleased. Yeah. You did a like a two minute excerpt from it. Uh-huh. How did you pick that? Because it's what, Sing 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 is what, 12, 13 minutes long? Well, there's a lot of different sections in it. So um, we figured we'd do the first section, but then we did, I don't know if anyone knows, we incorporated the last section within the first section. It's very complicated, but that big crossover thing that they did at the end of the number was Mm -hmm. not in the original, well, what we do at night. It's in the second part. So we just thought it gets very repetitious because it's like it just rolls and rolls and rolls and... I think Bob Fosse's interpretation or the way he puts numbers together is the repetitive theme that just keeps pushing you forward and just keeps going and going and going until uh, finally you go, okay, I give up and start clapping. You know, so he had, he has definitely a technique in how he did that. I've seen numbers develop like using that kind of, uh, uh, mechanism to make a number work. So mm-hmm. we did that. And I just thought for the camera and with the small stage, I think we need to do something that's unusual. So I, we sh- put that in there. It popped. And it, it it's actually sort of fortunate that it's overcast today because it, it, it was gorgeous. the costumes just, just popped on the right. television because of the darkness, I guess. Do you know outside. what else I thought was really interesting? Looking at the environment around the frame, mm. it kind of is like big city mime. Yeah. It's like where doing sing 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 in the middle of big city mime with the colors and the neons and stuff it just turned out really gorgeous i was really happy with the whole artistic point of view of it fabulous yeah. would yeah. you say that sing 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 is bob fossey's most sort of recognizable piece of choreography i think it's a recognizable because of the music and it's definitely been done a lot um you know with Fosse and with the original and now this interpretation so it's something that's been done a lot i mean i think it's very it's constructed really well and the way it breaks down into like individuals and then the duet the tap dance and all of that and colton doing or the trumpet solo it's just, it's a beautifully done number. So one of the things I noticed, and then we'll move away from Sing 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 for a second. One of the things I I love about watching it in the theater is when, and I'm gonna probably get it wrong, so I apologize. But when Corey gets up, absolutely on the two boys' shoulders, yeah. and and they move forward, and then what I love <laughs> is when they go off stage, right. her dismount, for lack of a better way to put it, is yeah. choreographed. It's beautiful to watch. Very few people see it because you have to be on that <laughs> no, side. You have to be I, on yeah, a specific I know. Was side. Was she doing the... like the leg thing, turning yeah. over? Yes, I've yeah. seen it three or four times from a perfect vantage point. And we spoke to her about this and yeah. she was grateful that somebody noticed. <laughs> noticed because, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All the little details. But yeah. it also just, I think it speaks to every moment in the show yeah. is is there's there's a, an intention and a, mm. and yeah. a purpose. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. And even the way uh, the set design and the exposure of the wings, I mean, you really, and that was an accident because we were mm. just rehearsing it with the scaffolding in the in the rehearsal hall. And I love the energy of the fact that you see them leave, but they don't really leave the stage. They just unfold around right. the scaffolding and 
come back in. And I thought, conceptually, that's it's really satisfying. It's like they're not leaving, and it's like a black wall. Yeah. And actually, they try to do that. They try to put like a black felt curtain. I said, no, I want it open. But you, but you know, you're gonna. I said, I know. I want the energy of what that is, and it. Um, so it worked out really perfect. And it's very it was unique. Pretty much an a- an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen anything like that before. No. And then I think even Robert Brill was like excited about the fact that the scaffolding w- was choreographed. Mm, so it's right, the movement right. with the dancers and them them moving in and them moving out and whatever. It was just like a continuation of that movement. So everything is pretty much dance. In a show called Dancing. And Dancing. Exactly. Well, (laughs) turning the clock back about 45 years, uh, you were actually a little bit more than that. You famously uh, started your career uh, with uh, iconic shows uh, like Irene and Mm -hmm. um, Seesaw and A Chorus Line. Of course, we could do a whole podcast about A Chorus Line. And it's it's very hard for us not to sit with you and talk about A Chorus Line. We're being restrained. But yeah, we're here for a very specific reason. Um, So I'm curious if you could share with us, uh, when was the first time that you auditioned for Bob Fosse for Chicago when I was doing the work first workshop of a chorus line I didn't even get to a second stage I was cut right from the beginning did he get to see you dance though uh excuse me did he get to see you dance or someone else was um no he was there I just don't think I caught his eye or he wasn't I wasn't what he was looking for or maybe he just missed me yeah I mean it gets like that when you see lots of people so of course you know it worked out to my benefit. Yeah, I would say <laughs> um, so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know, and then I did dancing, so uh, I'm just happy it all kind of like turned yeah. around. So yeah. there's a really terrific story about how you got cast in dancing. I'm wondering if you could share it with our listeners. Um, well, because I was out of town, I did Chorus Line for, I think, two and a half years and I was having a nervous breakdown, so I had to leave. <laughs> um, it was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. So um, I left and I put myself back out there and I went into an ensemble, which is unusual, to dance with Liza. And I thought, okay, I'll go back and I'll dance with Liza. I just want to dance and have fun. So I did. And Ron Lewis was the choreographer and I wanted to dance for him. So it all kind of worked out. I got incredible reviews doing the act with Liza. Uh, Just like standout stuff. And it was like, wow, this is so weird. (laughs) You know, I know I had a a connection with her and, you know, I just thought all of this stuff was great. But um. So I was out of town. We came back in town. We were going to open, and I used to assist Graziella, Danielle, through Alan Johnson. So I danced with Alan. Grazi assisted Alan. I started assisting Grazi. Long story short, she said to Bob, you have to see Wayne. And he said, okay, but I'm cast. And so it was the Minskoff Rehearsal Studios, and I was on one end doing rehearsal with the act, and Bob was on the other end doing uh, pre-production and one lunch I just ran over and Annie was there Bob was there Gordon Harrow was there there was a drummer Bob taught me a couple combinations I danced with Annie he danced with the both of us he watched I sang he said thank you I said thank you I ran out of that room and I was like okay I don't care what happens it's great no problem I saw Bob Fosse opening night Bob's in the middle of the orchestra I'm in the middle of the stage I'm doing some step and I go we go eye to eye i'm like holy shit we're looking at each other right now and i was like okay get yourself together kept going opening night party i run into bob and he goes i want you and i said what he said yeah i want you to do the show i said but you said it was cast he said yeah don't worry about it i'll figure it out i want you i said okay i'm in 
don't tell Liza because I was the dance captain for the act. And so I doubled. I did it. I did the show at night and I rehearsed dancing in the day. And then I, when I couldn't do it anymore, I left the show. But And that was the beginning of me and Bob. And I guess so it was amazing. Everyone says, how is Bob? And I say, quiet, mm. just quiet. The room is quiet. He's focused and he's intense and he's internal and his head's down and he's stylized and he's coming up with his stuff. And um, then he gets us up and teaches it. And then his assistants come in and they try to fix it and or do whatever. And then we moved on from there. And mm. I just, you know, it was like a great experience. He gave me everything. Yeah. And I uh, never heard from him, so I figured I was doing things right. <laughs> I was just there, tell me what you want me to do, which was pretty much everything. <laughs> and um, I just was focused, and I was tired, and I just needed to do 150% for him every time I got on that floor, and I did. And, mm. I, you know. and that was that. I, I really have to say, and I, someone said that to me today about the company years ago, 45 years ago, the dancers 45 years ago, they don't take care of the, well, I shouldn't say this because I don't know, but it didn't seem like they were doing the physical warm-up technique, training, support with trainers and stuff to keep their bodies intact. Mm -hmm. They were pretty much young and just threw themselves out there. I know I took classes and I warmed up Every show, before every show, matinee day, I just always took care of my body because I was doing so much. But a lot of people, their mentality was different. It was like, okay, I don't feel so well, but I'll come in and I'll do my feature, mm. but I can't do this, this, and that. And at that point, because it's impossible to keep the show running with people out and falling apart, you go, yes. The management said, okay, fine, just come in, do your do your part and don't worry about the other stuff. We'll fill it in with all the, you know, the, the covers. Um, that was not me. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm in this. I'm, I'm just going straight forward. I was just driven to never miss. And I think I missed maybe two shows and I was mortified that I was sick and I couldn't keep my head up, but, but I, it's different. And I feel like this company is driven. They're so excited about this opportunity. You were ahead of the curve in the idea of self-care, right? And like taking care of yourself. I, I think so. I just, I knew I, my, the responsibility that he laid on me, I just felt like I needed to, and I think he trusted me. So I just had to honor that. So yeah. you had the very unique experience yeah, of working, well, yes, <laughs> across the board, right? Your whole no, career. I mean, I mean, you know, this is my story. This yeah. is my story about Bob and how I feel about him. And, you know, it's emotional and uh, it's so much gratitude. I don't know what other people's story right. are. I don't really care. It's <laughs> yeah, but you, you know? did, you know, before doing dancing, you created a whole new musical with Michael Bennett, right? In I, a chorus line. Absolutely. What was it like working and with I Mike did Seesaw with and him. Seesaw? Exactly. That was twice. Right. right. What was it like working with Michael Bennett in the room versus Bob Fosse in the room? You know, I feel like that both of them really like molded my career, mm -hmm. and just watching Michael come into Seesaw out of town and just firing 15 people at, at one shot and bringing in new people and changing a show in Detroit in two weeks, wow. like a whole show. And just a man that like was obsessed with kind of like what I was talking about, the scaffolding dancing, the sets moving and changing and drapes and transitions. And he was like driven, brilliant. 
not necessarily with choreography, because he used us. There was a core of dancers that he used. It was me, Bayok, Donna uh, McKechnie, Tommy Walsh, and uh, I think Bob Avian was in the room. There was like five of us, and we would come up with stuff, and he would come in and he would say, no, yes, no, yes, put it back together, come back. Mm. Well, that looks great. No, it's still not right yet come back and then go okay great teach it to the company not us but someone right. would teach it to the company so he was that but then he would do the tap combination in a chorus line in two seconds and go okay i want to do this and we would learn it and then that was it but yeah. so when he wanted to he would pull it out and but he was more concerned with the world and i love that about him bob is concerned about the world but he's also really specific about his choreography no one does his choreography he doesn't so he's meticulous about that and i don't know what his process was because i wasn't inside it but i was outside watching and the two of them had two different qualities but they were both so unique and they were geniuses the both of them we spoke to candy brown once and candy said that i think it was in pippin they spent an entire day and i'm just moving my finger back and forth she said that's all they did was just work on <laughs> right. the the placement of the finger and the tension in the finger and right i thought that's so fascinating and it it doesn't it's, surprise me at all and it's interesting because that's a part of bob the specific part that can't stop with the finger until it's like perfect. <laughs> and then there's the explosive Bob who flies across the floor like in two seconds. And I did that. I did dancing, but it was a combination of that. It wasn't really the finger thing in dancing. It was different styles, whatever he wanted to do. But then eight years later when I did Big Deal, he was into a whole nother path. And it was mm -hmm. like the directorial Bob came in with the with the fluidity and the crossfading and the sets moving and the music and the underscoring going in and weaving through the choreography. It was all like seamless, but it was like a film. He was shooting a film. And then I did Beat Me Daddy and mm. I flew from one side of the stage <laughs> to the other side of the stage within seconds. But so I thought, okay, this is that part. This is the explosive part. And I wanted to show that in this dancing, how he was so unique and yes, he's specific and finger, shoulder, eye focus, the whole bit. And then he could explode. And so it was both elements. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to show that in, in the show. And it was important to you to have Big Deal in this production of Dancing. Yeah, it was because I just felt like I wanted to to honor him for his last musical that he did before he died. It's a great piece of choreography. And I just wanted to tip my hat to him. I mean, it's it's hard because it's outside of dancing. And then all of a sudden I'm doing like a so-called book musical with dialogue and musical staging and, you know, scene work within the choreography. And then a number that came out of nowhere, but in the show, it kind of like worked itself into the club and beat me daddy. Um, so I try to do this little capsule of it. And I'm glad I did it. I really did. But I had to go back and edit the book because there was too much information. Right. And the audience at that point, they, they don't want to hear it because, you know, they're into, okay, number after number, let's do it. Like, you know, it's fun and it's great. And then all of a sudden I'm talking at them and it's like, ah, uh, so I edited it down to like, and it was funny because Nicole said to me, what's the point? Just 
let's just get to the point. What do you want to say here? And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. And she was right. Let's get to the dance. Let's right, keep moving right. it. But to your point, Beat Me Daddy isn't as effective if you don't know some of the backstory, if you don't right. know the motivation exactly. of the dance that you were doing with Bruce Bruce Anthony Davis, right. or now Nando Moreland and um, Tony DeLelio. Right. Um, if you don't know that, then right. it doesn't- it Makes it, sense. It, yeah. Again, it isn't as impactful. So it's you, a good number. But they don't know. I mean, it's really funny because I've seen people do the number and I'll go, and, do you know why you're looking over there in that corner? And they go, no, why? I said, because Lily was there and we were doing that number for Lily. We were showing off and we were trying to get her attention. Oh, really? Everything is focused on an angle. Right. We never look front. So it's kind of interesting. Mm. But you also get the idea of what that little story is. I mean, the fact that she's trying to make Charlie jealous uh, Freddie and Moses is coming along to uh, to dance with her. So there's a number. Well, you mentioned a second ago Nicole's advice when working on that number. Yeah. Uh, what was it like working with her on this whole project and and you know putting it all together? We started like four years ago yeah. when um, it first came. The question came to me if I was interested in doing it, and I I said yes. And then I thought, oh wow, yes, forty one years ago. How am I going to do this? What would he do? What's going to work for this generation? Some of the stuff that he did wouldn't be acceptable for now. So remove that, you know, do something different. But we just started creatively talking and she was so supportive about, well, change it. Uh, do this, do that. I mean, not change the numbers, um, but change the conceptual idea, bring in new stuff. She was very supportive. Here, Wayne, look at this. She's, she actually gave me that clown thing that was done in... I think Ed Sullivan, and it was the cast of Redhead. Mm. And Bob did something for TV with the company. And it was that crazy little thing, and there was a whole bunch more people in it. Really complicated and very interesting, but I thought, wow, that would be great to introduce the whole S&M section in uh, Big City Mind. So anyway, she was great. We talked a lot, and she really trusted me, and she gave me the space. She wasn't like sitting there, like me judging myself, worrying about what am I doing with her father, work the work. She didn't even come to San Diego, which I actually think she was really upset about it, but I actually think she gave me even the space to feel out what the show was. And I found out a lot of things in San Diego that I corrected. So um, I just respect that. Well, it's from, fascinating from because her. you're you're both encyclopedias, but like in mm. different ways, right? Because you were doing it with her father. Absolutely. And she was watching it as, from a, afar. as a child. As a right? child, right. And so, you know, but then she has all this knowledge of yeah. the body of work, the breadth of it. You just referenced a, a TV thing from, uh, you know, Ed Sullivan, right? Uh, that like you might not have known about. No, not right? at all. But she has it, but she has the history with right. when her mom and Bob and living in that world, mm -hmm. which I'm sure it's, was very complicated yeah. for yeah. a young kid. Yeah that wanted to be in the business. Anytime you're in the position of carrying forth iconic work, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, Jerome Robbins or Michael Bennett, you want it to live on. Absolutely. Right? You don't want it to be corrupted, but also right. you need it to feel vital. Right. And so with Fosse's work, yeah. there's that fine balance, right? Of, yeah. of how do we honor it? How do we do what it was, but also make sure it feels relevant well, and And vital. that's an interesting point that you brought up because, you know, I feel like Bob is thought of in a certain little box mm -hmm. and that box is the little finger thing or <laughs> whatever. But like I was saying, that's one part of Bob. And yes, that is a very specific, sensual, on purpose, sexual, 
kind of flirtation when he gets into that place. And it gets, it's not about the finger, it's just what the finger means and the eye focus and the, the turned in kind of strutting and just coming at you. It's like, it's all a monologue. Um, so if you get into that place, you can understand what all of that stuff means. And it's very subtle. And you would think as a dancer, it's not enough. I'm not dancing, blah, blah, blah. But you got to get your head into something else. But um, see, this is me. And then it was kind of interesting because I could have gone on the, gotten on the floor a lot and danced. I didn't want them to think uh, I wanted them to do Bob Fosse like me. And I don't feel like Bob ever said anything about that. He actually presented the steps, taught the steps, and we were all 16 individual people, all coming from all frames of dance world or life. We instilled how we danced in his choreography. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm sure there are places where he didn't like how far that person went. And I'm sure he told him. He never told me that I was doing anything wrong. So I thought I was doing it right. I wanted to teach the choreography the way I think he intended it because we were really specific about that. But I also wanted to give them the freedom and the flexibility to instill themselves into it. And the only way Bob Fosse could come back alive would be if a new generation of, of dancers did his work and made it come alive again. Mm. And I was really adamant about that. So I don't know, people may have a lot to say about how I taught it and how I directed it, but I felt like that was the way to make him come back. Did you have a moment where you were watching a dancer or dancers or a section and think, well, this is getting a little further afield from what I want it to be, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna let it live here for a while mm -hmm. and see if it comes to where I need it mm -hmm. to be? Yes. Did you have that experience? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Dancing Man is one of those numbers where you almost have to be in line with each other. Right. You know, if you're in a, a position and one arm's up like that and one arm's down like that, you have to go, where's your arm? You know, so we did have a moment and I was like adamant, don't, don't clean them yet. Don't clean them yet. And so we got to that point and then I looked at it. <laughs> I was like, oh man, we really need to do a cleanup session. <laughs> yeah, and so the reality came into place. But I actually think because that number is so specific and it's a beautiful look, I think they appreciated that they didn't have to think they needed to come up with stuff. Mm. And that's the other thing. I keep saying it to them, you're enough. Just you being on the stage 
the 16 of you being so unique and different, you're enough. You don't have to reinvent yourself and come up with something Mm -hmm. to make it interesting. You are interesting. So when you do think you have to do something, that's when you get into trouble. And that's when I'm gonna be on your back because I'm gonna go come back because now you went beyond. Mm. It's a fine line and it's, you know, I set it up that way, but now I have to stay on top of it. It's one of the great things of, of Rob and I have been able to be a part of in interviewing all the dancers mm-hmm. is seeing them on the stage and then having them sit and talk to us and mm-hmm. realize what we see on the stage is exactly what is yes. coming into this room. Yeah. They are just who they are. And yeah. then obviously incredible yeah. t- dancers and yeah, talent yeah. and all yeah. that other stuff. Yeah. But it's really, it, it, I, I imagine it's, it's, it's much like you felt as a company member of the original. Right. Now you found this, this same, the same energy. Right. And I feel like they're pure and they're they're so clean about who they are. They don't have to like fantasize about being something more. Mm. And so that's what you're that's what you're sensing, just sitting with them. It's just their energy. They're mm. they love each other and it's like really a, a incredible dance company. They're killing themselves. <laughs> but you know, but I think they all support each other and they they're finding their way. And uh, I just really respect that. And it speaks to why you were, in my opinion, the perfect person to put this show together because you you. lived it. Yeah. Right. You've been inside this experience, not just understanding the choreography, but actually doing it eight times a week for, you know, years on end. Right. Right. But I also didn't get a head trip on myself thinking, you know, I was the perfect person to do it because I didn't want that energy passed Mm -hmm. on to them. And that's why I backed off. And every once in a while I get up and I'll do something and they go, oh, oh, that's what you meant. So it's it's better to see someone. You know, it's hard to explain what I'm talking about. Um, so I did a couple of times, but I didn't. You know, I didn't want to feel like I was the whole do it this way or don't do it at all. This right. is the way it's supposed to be. I mean, I don't feel that way. Right. Because you understood how Bob Fosse let you all exactly. experience the choreography exactly. in your own way. Exactly. So you wanted to re- recreate that same experience. How I felt. Yes. I mean, I don't know. You, you can talk to other people, but yeah. how I felt when working with him. Yeah. It was just total freedom, total trust. Mm-hmm. And I just felt I needed to step up and do what he want, what I thought he wanted me to do. And that was just watch him dance and try to execute that. Well, he clearly took a shine to you yeah. and you clearly were yeah. connecting on a level that, you know, yeah. might not have been true for everyone else who Absolutely. worked with him. Absolutely. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I don't know because it wasn't on a social level. It was yeah. always professional and he was always charming and quiet, like I said, but every once in a while, He would come up with a zinger with me. Like he said to me, this is a funny story. I'm in the wings. Charles is doing his percussion four section. Don't know why he was in the wings. And he says to me, when I do this film, I'm going to shoot Charles doing his number and you in the bathroom taking a leak. And I laughed. And I was like, and I think what he was saying was... (laughs) I was so satisfied and so secure in what I was doing. I really wasn't looking at Charles and saying, why didn't I get that song? And he knew that. Mm. He knew that I was completely fine. 
and so thankful. Because the that other, was one of the only moments in the whole show that you would do on a part I, of. I know. Right? And, the, and the girls, here you come again. Right, I mean, right. I, everything else I was in. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. It kind of like set up our relationship and he knew where I was coming from. Um, and I was just happy that I was there and doing what I was doing. Well, yeah. by, by 78, by the time you're working together so closely, I imagine for him, it might've gotten a little hard to trust people because at that point he was, he was Bob Fosse, capital letters, big totally. on the marquee, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he might've seen in you someone who was so confident and wasn't trying to like get right. something from him. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's hard being a quote unquote well, famous Well, I was person. like so grateful that he actually came through and hired me yeah. even when he had the company. Right. Um, and then he was putting me in everything. So it was like, I'm, I'm not going to say a word. This yeah. is like heaven. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely a, where I should have been. So yeah. when you left Danson originally yeah. in yeah. 1980, yeah. you pivoted to doing choreography and then right. later directing. Right. What prompted that change in your career trajectory within the industry? The Tony nomination kind of like um, put me on another level. Like I went to dance with Liza after Tony nomination and being in dancing, was I really going to go back into an ensemble? And there was in many shows. I did Perfectly Frank after that. So it was just a small ensemble of mm -hmm. actors, singer, dancers. So that, that worked out great. And then it was just out of necessity, I started doing choreography. Not that I wanted to, but it just kind of like fell in my lap and I was able to do it. I started as a, a, a commercial choreographer and it was just fun. And I, you know, it's interesting for me because I think back about being a director now. And when I started doing that choreography, it was really like directing like normal people and making them move about a product and then making dancers look like they're normal and making normal people look like they'd moved. So it was a directorial kind of a point of view and I was doing it through the lens. So I figured out what that was also. Um, and then I started doing like industrials and I did a off-Broadway show and then I did Baby. That was my mm. first Broadway show and I got a Tony nomination. So it was like, <laughs> oh my God, okay. So I better keep going with all yeah. this. Did you find that having worked with Bob Fosse and Michael Bennett and Gower Champion and mm. all these you know, mm -hmm. greats, had set you up unwittingly to to take on this. I, this, I think so. I think role. I had a broad vocabulary of. Mm -hmm. I never was a dancer that. Well, I started when I was eighteen. It's very so late. I, very late. So I never was a dancer that stuck with one dance teacher in a hometown and mm -hmm. like learned that technique. I just studied from every person I can study from in the city, and then Lee Theodore anybody's from West Side Story. She um, was doing that American Dance Machine thing. She grabbed me. She was a big influence in my life also. Um, and then I kind of did reconstruction work for the show called Jack, and it was Jack Cole. Mm. And I spent like a year reconstructing all of Jack Cole's material, which is another kind of tie into Gwen, Jack Cole, me, Bob, all these other people that I've studied with. So I had this abundance of information yeah. that just kind of came out of my body. I that, wonder if Bob recognized in you that Jack Cole the whole bit background. Because yeah. that's what he saw in Gwen, obviously, right? And they, you know, yeah, no, possibly. That was a huge part of their bond yeah. as, as artists. And it's interesting because even Michael kind of like picked me out and like made people sit down and said, okay, dance with me, let outdance me. And we would have competitions and like the company's going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so it was... Interesting because I think 
being little. I think I reminded me of him kind of like uh, there was something going on, but it was like, okay, I'll try it out down to, um, but it was kind of fun and uncomfortable and so <laughs> for the company, not for me. I was fine. I mean, Michael and I had that Mike kind of relationship. No, start at the end. I, you know, I'd be much better if you started at the end, you know, that kind of relationship. So I, I love that it, it, what I, the sense I'm getting from you throughout your entire career as a dancer, as a director, as a choreographer, is that you never sit too long in the worrying about any of it. You just kind of do it and keep moving forward, Absolutely, which must be freeing it, it whether you, whether, whether you, you yeah. know it or not, it, yeah. it, it's interesting to hear you continually say that that's just been your attitude. Yeah. And I just kind of get, I had opportunities and I mm. just jumped at them. I mean, I, I remember the first big musical that I directed was Dream. I don't oh, know. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. And it's so unfortunate. I mean, I had a great time. I don't know where that shit came out of me. I mean, I did watch MGM movies. I did. Yeah. I was, even when I wasn't dancing, I, so all that flooded back, but it was like, they hired me after they fired like 10 people and I got like blessed with this show in my, in my lap going, okay, fix it. First time out, it was like, okay, fine. And like, like you said, just jump. And I mm -hmm. did. And I loved what I did, but it was like, now I think about it. It was like Johnny Mercer. I had John Pizzarelli. I could have used John Pizzarelli as the Johnny Mercer figure. Mm. Now my brain is working directorially. Right. Before I was just going in there as choreographically, I was doing brilliant work, yeah. but I wasn't like telling the story of what the hell this was. Mm. So, Well, something I want to hone in on, because I think it's such an important part of the whole show, yeah. is the casting. Casting. So, you know, that seems to be like the great secret sauce of any show. And, yeah. you know, the, there's that old saying that, right. you know, casting is 80% of directing, you know. Absolutely. How did you go about picking these 22 dancer, actor, singer, performers? And how did you know that they were the right people for this show? Well, you don't really. You mm. just kind of go on your instinct. I didn't have any preconceived idea of what I was looking for. I mean, I could have I could have said, okay, so Bob had six gorgeous girls, beautiful girls, long-legged, gorgeous girls in competition with each other. And then he had some oddball people. Like he had me. I was a small guy. He had John Minio, so he matched me with that. He had this beautiful concert dancer called uh, Geneva Burke and then Jill Cook. And then and Dick Cortez, who was the older man, character man in the mix. So, and then he had men, like tall men, like men, men. <laughs> he had Ross Miles, who actually did do a, a sex change, but was a gorgeous ballerina at that time. So he did a mixture of 16 people in his way. I wanted it to be eclectic. I wanted it to be ethnic. I wanted it to be something that represented our world and generation today. So mm -hmm. I was keeping myself wide open for whatever. And you, you know, you do, uh, I don't know. There was like, I guess because of the pandemic there, I usually do a hundred people at a time. So we went down to like 35, 40 people, which is a small room, but okay. So you kind of like teach the steps and look in the room and a couple of people start popping out before you even break down into groups. Um, and you, I got my eye on some people and then we make it down smaller. And then, 
you know, you keep those special in individuals that you think will be interesting and you keep honing it down, honing it down, honing it down and you come up with a cast and yeah. hopefully it's the perfect cast. And I really think I lucked out. I lucked out. Yeah. So it's instinct really. Yeah. It's just a feeling. Yeah. It's something you can't really articulate. You yeah. just, when you look at someone, you know, oh, that person's interesting. And and they all, like, it all started out with just their dance ability and yeah. how beautiful they were as a dancer and just unique, interesting characters. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's fascinating because almost every person we've spoken to has paid compliments to you and to Corinne about the space that you've created in, in the quote unquote room, yeah. right? Yeah. That they feel safe and supported mm -hmm. and comfortable and free to be themselves. Yeah. How do you go about creating that type of culture? I mean, just love, I guess, and respect. You know, it's a hard room for me because it's kind of like the first real time, well, dream, I've done other things, but I was so aware of what a director actually does. And, you know, talking to the Robbie Brills and talking to Finn Ross and talking to Dave Grill and Reed and Harriet. And it's like getting, setting up the tone of the design for the thing. So I was very kind of conscious of how that mechanism worked. And then there's the reconstruction part of it, which was kind of almost impossible. And it took an army. I mean, I have... Kristen Colby, and then I had Corinne, and then Lauren even helped, you know, assist them reconstructing Bob's work because it wasn't like me going into the room and being free to do choreography. This wasn't about me as a choreographer. It was about representing Bob and getting him back and doing his choreography and everything that we've done. And then, I, like I said about me in the room, I just felt like if I was a director that didn't do the show, and get the accolades that I did, I think I would have been le less self-conscious about getting up and showing some of the material. So I kind of like picked and choose moments that I needed to insert. And it's interesting because our Corinne's and my relationship kind of changed because Corinne turned into changed in what she was doing my, what I do, what I used to do, run around and do it all like just get the floor moving. And I, I I looked back one day and I went, oh my God, she's me. She's doing me. And I was kind of sad because I was letting go of that part of me yeah. because I was looking at the whole picture and I needed to be really specific and focused on how I want the things to move and what the transitions were and how the set was moving and what Finn was doing. And so um, it was a big journey for me. The whole show has been a major journey. What are you the most proud of with this production? I just think honoring Bob and and doing that work. And I feel like I did that. Uh, I think the show is gorgeous, but it's more about making him proud mm. and getting him back on the boards. That was the biggest goal, the scariest goal. And I feel like I've I've even gone beyond dancing. I've gone into his life and opened up anyone that comes into the theater. If you know Bob Fosse, if you don't know Bob Fosse, if you have a preconceived about idea about who Bob Fosse is and what he does or not, you're going to walk into the show and you're going to hopefully fall in love with this creative genius that's really done a lot of theatrical film work, TV work, just a big influence in the dance world. Someone once said that all that jazz is the autobiography of his life, but dancing is the autobiography of his movement. Yeah. 
which I thought was and like a really good the way. The scaffolding was a, a tribute to mm. all that jazz. Right. And I wanted to put the show into a, a, a soundstage. And my dream was Bob Fosse is filming dancing today. That's kind of like the conceptual whole thing. Yeah. And I still would love to film this, but I need to get someone that's really good to film it because it's really hard to yeah. represent Bob and do like even a commercial. It was like, you can't put that commercial out there because the music's not matching to the choreography and the steps are not good enough. The footage, the where you're shooting it from is not what he would do. Yeah. I mean, like I'm like crazy <laughs> about how obsessed I am, but it's like, you can't do that. Yeah. You, if you're going to do something, it's got to be flawless and gorgeous and interesting. So, For my money, nobody ever filmed dance better than Bob Fosse. Oh, of course. Of course. So, like, that's what we're up against here. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's yeah. tough. No, well, I, yeah. I, I've noticed something uh, in a lot of interviews that you've done, and you even did it with us today. And maybe you don't even know you're doing it. But when you talk about Bob, you often talk about him in the present tense. Oh, Wow. Is Bob still with you? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Definitely. Yeah. If you could like have coffee with him today, what would you want to ask him? What would you want to tell him? How did I do? <laughs> Is it okay? You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think he would think of the show today? I think he would love it. I'm sure he would have notes. <laughs> um, but I think uh, he'd be proud that I pushed some buttons that maybe people didn't want me to push. But I felt like I had the responsibility um, to do something that, you know, he was he was deep. I mean, he had, some, he had a lot to say about stuff. Very political and very patriotic. And just, you know, I just, I needed to not be afraid and just go for it. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how I was going to come out with it, but I just felt like I needed to just go because he would go and probably be more than worse than me. But so. Well, the sequence of the show that I think uh, perhaps best bears your mark is Big City Mime, right? Because it's the piece that you've resurrected that was cut from mm -hmm. Boston originally mm -hmm. and put together that is sort of this whole new ballet right. that of course it's not new because it's right. all his movement right. and pulling from all the different right. you know parts of his uh his career how did you go about putting that piece together seems impossible to me <laughs> um i'm really proud of it to yeah. the truth but it took a complete six five week pre-production time there was nothing no music no connection we didn't at one point, we didn't want to use things like, you know, signature Big Spender. We kind of like David did orchestrations of kind of it, sound like it, but didn't sound like it and went around the material. I mean, I don't know where the hell my head was, but I, I had this vision about pulling these pieces together and I wanted to string them together and I knew the stuff I wanted to hit on and, you know, the different vocabulary, like the alley dance. Everything in Big City Mime was pretty much already in place. He did all of those locations. So I felt like I had the opportunity to go to those locations like the street and do like Big Spender and show his influence about um, 
how he came up with Sweet Charity. And then I loved, always loved Liza with the Z, gotcha. And I so I thought, okay, so the pimps, let's bring them on the street too. Let's create, you know, all of those nicknames that she calls him Flash, those are all Bob Fosse's nicknames that Nicole said. Even at the end when he goes, Baldy, that's Bob's nickname also. So every single name is what they used to call Bob. So no one knows that, but who cares? Well, now, now they do. Now they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like fun, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, and you know, it just evolved. And then, you know, even my even my creative team like thought I was out of my mind. You know what? I don't know, but uh, I'm very proud of it. And I don't even know if people really get what I was trying to do. I, it just wasn't working in San Diego. And I it was like, I never fulfilled the ending. And now I did. Mm-hmm. Now I figured out how to do it. It's I, those transitions, it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah well, it, that, but even the big white out right. in, in, the, uh, in the snake dance pose, mm-hmm. I had them all leave and left, them, and left Peter there. And it was okay. And it got like a... <laughs> Polite <laughs> applause. Like, yeah. yeah. And I went, oh, that's not right. And I actually even thought about putting big, uh, big City Mime at the end of the first act and moving Dancing Man where Big City Mime was. Mm. And everyone was really against that. And they were very politely saying to me, do you really think you should do that? And I went, I don't know. It just doesn't, uh, Dancing Man just is the low key ending. I don't know, you know. And then I finally came to the realization like, okay, let's leave it alone. I'll fix Big, uh, uh, big City Mime. I'll put an ending to that. We'll change Peter, the transition. Right. We'll do Dancing Man choreography. So it's not like he's trying to figure out steps. And then we'll do Dancing Man. And it worked out. So Certainly I did. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, it really lands. <laughs> yeah, it lands. We, <laughs> we were in San Diego, and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. When we saw Big City Mime for the first time in New York, we couldn't figure out exactly what was different, mm, but yeah. it was clear that it was landing, right? Yeah. They yeah. were totally the same piece basically yeah. with whatever tweaks you, yeah. you just mentioned but to us it wasn't it was hard to tell what those were yeah. other than the fact that the audience got it now they get and it they oh, were, they get it and yeah. it's it's you know it's it's so interesting to me we've talked about this several times that the things that people go crazy for the Liza with the Z stuff and right. sweet charity. Yeah. Anytime there's a sweet, yeah. when Corey comes down yep. in it, it, people Even go in her ins- bow, yes. Even with all the stuff that she has and she comes yeah. out, she does this little thing. They're screaming. They, I mean, they're screaming for, for other reasons. Yeah, but. Sure. Well, there's a, there's a story that I read and you'll have to tell me whether or not it's true because you were there. Nicole okay. said, we'd have to ask you, Oh God. Uh, <laughs> but on a, on a Sunday matinee during previews of dance and, you know, in the original production, yeah. uh, apparently, uh, you know, all the cast gathered on stage one day and Bob was there and the question was posed to him if you could get one thing out of the show what would you want to get out of it and he thought for a second then he said I'd want hair I want hair I'd want hair you oh know my God. Uh, <laughs> which is a funny punchline I don't know if you remember that but I don't remember yeah, that yeah but. but so we asked Nicole this and now you know to close we'll ask you this what is your wish for this production if this production could do you know one thing what would you want it to do um I would really like it to be a hit, a big hit for him (laughs) and me, of course. I want him to get the recognition and I want people to go, wow, he was a genius and ahead of his time. He always pushed envelopes. He always was ahead of himself. I think, you know, I keep on saying the technology and all that stuff. If he had that today, Mm -hmm. what would he have done with it? 
he would have probably done three times more than what I've done in some very unique, interesting way. So I want him to get the, the full recognition of the genius that he was. Thank you for You're welcome. creating this new production and for honoring him in this way and for giving us all the opportunity. Yeah. You know, we're, we're a part of it as co-producers and we're so honored to be involved okay. in that way. But just to hear the audiences, to see the audiences and to yeah. know that this work is alive. It's, I think it's really needed. I think yeah. audiences starved for this, the celebration, the, mm -hmm. the fun, just feeling that emotion and what those kids put out. It's really, it's really good it's a good time for dancing now and i'm i thought it was like too late but i'm glad it like fell into this place it's like we're supposed to be here now well thank, thank you, for you thank you chatting guys. with us thanks we appreciate it Bob Fosse's Dancing is now on Broadway at the Music Box Theater. For tickets and more information, visit dancinbway.com. Dancing Man, a Fabulous Invalid podcast, is a production of O&M Etc. and the Fabulous Invalid LLC, and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Special thanks to Civilian for hosting us, and to our audio engineer, Kyle Moore. If you liked this episode, we've got over 100 episodes of the Fabulous Invalid podcast that you can check out, including a two-parter on the life, work, and legacy of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. You can find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com and on social media at Fabulous Invalid and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.